Are we there yet? Almost. Huh. Tallahassee is a long trip. Long drive. Long drive. We got, what, about seven hours ahead of us? Yeah, but only uh, six hours, 37 minutes to Thomasville, Georgia. Thomasville, Georgia is where we're going to stop. And uh, by the time people have listened to this, maybe we've already been there, but no, not probably not that not that uh, long. But uh, what an interesting story that this little burg has. It's about, I don't know, 40 miles north of Tallahassee. But it's the home of Charlie Ward, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner, played in the uh, NBA with the Knicks. In fact, has the distinction of being the only Heisman Trophy winner to play in the NBA. Mike, it's the Rose City. It is the Rose City. And of course, we have the Tournament of Roses going on, the yeah. Rose Bowl. So yeah, so it, uh, that's uh, going to be a fun little city to go. Uh, or I don't even know if it's a city; it might be a town. Yeah. The town of Thomasville. Oh, and it's got like a Tumors Corner. It's got like its own like huge 350-year-old oak tree. Yeah, it should be a uh, a fun but a lengthy trip. A fun but a lengthy trip to uh, Tallahassee. And the car is telling you put your seatbelt on. Yes. Oh, and with stops in uh, Augusta, Macon, <laughs> uh, Moultrie. <laughs> There's a Greensboro that we'll go by, I think. Hey, somebody tell Pat Kelsey there are schools in the state of South Carolina we could play too. Yes, there are. But yes, there are. scheduling is a maze, a puzzle, lots of politics. So we're off to Tallahassee. Leonard Hamilton is a, a local guy here. He's from Gastonia, North Carolina. And we're on guy. in Gastonia. And we're on in Gastonia on WGNC AM and FM. And. We're going to talk to Leonard later this afternoon. He is the only coach in ACC history to be the all-time leading winner. One more games at two ACC schools at Miami and and Florida State. And last year they went to the Sweet 16. I think they're kind of an underrated program because you think of the football program, you don't think of the basketball program, but they they produce. Athletes. I mean, every time we've been down there, every time you watch them on TV over a long period of time, and over the years they've generally struggled in the NCAA tournament, but man, they, they, they got guys that are 6'8 with 7-foot wingspans. It's like they grow on trees. And they have a 7-foot 4 player, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and they, they're, they're almost in that situation where they're just reloading now and they're not, yep. you know, they're not dipping too bad. I'm, I'm interested to see... Uh, I mean, it's a great story is uh, that the senior guard, Terrence Mann, whose mother is the head basketball coach at URI. Yep. The women's basketball coach at URI. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun team to watch. I was thinking about this uh, last night, or maybe it was the day before. Um, who is the best player we've seen live this year? Mm. And I concluded, and I know his career was very short because he got hurt, Darius Garland yeah, at Vanderbilt, to me, yeah. was more impressive than any of the guys that we've seen on Kentucky or, yeah. or anybody else. No doubt. He, he, by far, was the one that really stood out with me. Um, if you if you took it a step lower, uh, a couple of kids on Davidson really impressed me. If you want to take it like the next level down. Yeah, um, I love John Axel Goodmanson at Davidson, yeah. but when they've played the last couple of weeks without their leading scorer, they have just not been nearly the same team. And Kellen Grady will be back for the conference season, but it's too bad when they play those big TV games that they've been without him. And the other, the team that was uh, was kind of interesting, we've seen a couple of these teams come in, Nandi ones, that uh, really, like Pfeiffer came in with a lot of uh, energy, but, and then you missed the game on Saturday, but Prairie View A&M, Athletically, Pat Kelsey said they'd probably be the, the most athletic team in the Big South. I mean, these, these kids just played their hearts out, particularly in the first half. Based on uh, my discussion with you, watching a few clips, talking to some coaches, and reading the box score, it didn't sound like I missed that much. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is weird. You saw something that you rarely see, the technical for the player yeah. not in the box score. Well, this is a great story. So I was talking with the coach before the game. Uh, Byron Smith, good dude, played uh, at Houston, and uh, you know we just you know you know how we have these conversations after we do the interview, and we're just kind of chit chatting. And he's like, "Oh yeah, and, and take a look out for that guy. He, he might play a couple minutes today." I said, "Oh, yeah, who's that?" He said, uh, uh, "Terrence Watson, I think is his name, and uh, or Wallace, Wallace, yeah." 
So uh, I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, he's like, yeah, you know, he played at Oregon and uh, transferred out of there and was at a community college and then is playing football at Prairie View A&M. And, you know, we were getting to talking. And uh, so he's been practicing with us the last two weeks. So he might get some a couple minutes today. Yeah. So by and then about, he did come And in. then about three or four minutes left to go in the first half, they, they brought him in. They had a couple guys who were getting in foul trouble. And all of a sudden, the, the basketball is being dribbled up the floor. And all of a sudden, the horn sounds. And everyone thinks, oh, yeah, okay, shot clock violation. But the horn sounds again. During play. During play. So then everyone stops. Like, what the hell's going on? So instantly I knew what was going on. So I turned to Hunter Sadlin. I said, well, Hunter, I'm going <laughs> to surmise here that uh, Terrence Wallace isn't in the book. <laughs> they, and, and the reason why I knew this is because when I asked the coach, well, what's his number? I don't have him in the roster. He's like, yeah, I don't know what his number is. <laughs> so I should have known then that maybe he's not going to make it into the scorebook. I, how, though, as a staff, like, you know the guy might not play. Yeah. Do you not make sure he's in the book? I have no idea. Now, we have seen... Um, We've seen it over the, the years. It tends to be young yeah. staffs, first-year staffs, early in the season. Yeah. You just kind of mess something in. The well, lineups usually, have to be in 10 minutes before. Right. And, and usually it's like not putting the book, like putting any names in the book. This was like a guy not in the score. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was in warm-ups. He probably yeah. was not on the roster in the program and whoever wrote the book just copied what was exactly. in the program. Exactly. Well, that's it. Well, Brett Redden, our, our sports information director, I mean, he was like running up and down the press road because he didn't know who he was. And, you know, the great thing about TV is, you know, with TV, you can kind of take the headsets off and be like, hey, blah, 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 blah. But I'm, I'm doing the radio call and, you know, Hunter, I, you know, I didn't know Hunter, Hunter Sadler was working with us. I don't know. Like, I didn't know that he would know enough to keep talking. Yeah. Because right? he knew. 20 or 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, that... he's only done, like, two games. So I was like, so I had to wait till the timeout, and I was like, hey, this is who, this is who the dude is. But I'm sure Brett was really calm about the yeah. whole thing. Well, no. then, and then one of the ref- well, I guess one of the referees came over and told uh, the TV guys who it was. Yep. Because uh, Ricky uh, Ricky Rogers was doing TV. Yep. I, uh, I was doing Wake Forest and Gardner-Webb on TV on Saturday. That's why you were filling in yeah. for me. And Gardner Webb won, and and now they've beaten Georgia Tech yeah. and Wake Forest this year. They're already two and zero in the ACC. <laughs> exactly. They 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 did good scheduling this year. If those if you're going to play two ACC teams, those, those were the two, two to play. Yeah. But um, you you saw that scorebook thing, which you don't see every day. I saw something you don't see every day either. Jaheim Cornwall of Gardner Webb had four fouls in the first half. Really. I mean, wow. some people hesitate to have a guy on the court with two fouls wow. to pick up a third. He managed to pick up four. Four. Wow. And then fouled out pretty early in the second half. Gardner-Webb was in all sorts of foul trouble, but uh, I mean, Wake Forest just couldn't score. That's unbelievable. Tim Kraft's done a great job there. I mean, He really has. They've had some, some big wins under him. Yeah, they've beaten Clemson. They've beaten Nebraska. They've beaten Georgia Tech. You know, the they've big, beaten Wake Forest. The, and I know uh, most of our listeners might not be Big South followers, but the, the Big South's going to be very interesting this year. You know, Longwood's been playing better. Um, uh, Radford's beaten Radford's Texas and Notre Dame. Right. right. Uh, you know, we we don't know what to expect from Hampton, but traditionally they're, they're you know they're pretty good at, at this level. Do you know the two leading scorers in the country are both in the Big South? It's crazy, Chris right? Clemens is averaging like thirty points a game at Campbell. And Jermaine Morrow at Hamptons yep. at like I don't know twenty six or twenty eight points a game. So, I mean, th- there certainly are going to be storylines. In the end, though, like it always feels like Winthrop's in the mix, and the way Winthrop has played in the last couple of weeks, it, it makes you feel like the shooting thirty threes a game plan is going to work. And I know they only made nine of them on Saturday, but. They made 14 or 15 at Southern Illinois, and it, it they, they've taken the 15, 18 shots a game that Xavier Cooks got, yeah. and they've just turned them all into threes. Yeah. And if you shoot an extra 12 threes, you're bound to make four, five, six of them, and yeah. all of a sudden, it, it, it's a bunch of points. And I think uh, Prairie View had a little bit to do with that, the way they were uh, trapping and jumping some of the passing lanes. It really disrupted the Eagles' uh, three attempts early. The, the other crazy thing in that game, uh, what was it? it? Was like they 
I think at one point in the first half, they had 40 shot attempts to Winthrop's like 20. Yeah, well, in I the mean, game, Winthrop took 51 shots and Prairie yeah. View took 70. But it's a win and a relatively easy win nonetheless. And, and Mike, you may be surprised to learn this. And you're listening to the Bearded Clark yes. cast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. It, it's New Year's Eve. We... we Assume that there are going to be hundreds, maybe thousands of people timing this up. You know, if the podcast goes 52 minutes, you'll start playing it at 11.08 tonight on whatever time zone you're in so that you can listen right up to the end to get to New Year. No, this is going to be the, the, the day after hangover remedy. The People will be listening to us so they can go back to sleep. Well, all right. <laughs> How, however you prefer to however listen. Prefer to listen. Then, as long as it plays to the end and we get credit for it, it doesn't matter. Cast. We're on our way to Tallahassee. You can be a part of the show. Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com or tweet at us at beardedcarcast. You know, I do have to give a shout out to Carl Isles because he's probably our most prodigious, most prodigious Loyal. emailer. Maybe we should get him a Bearded Carcast shirt or something. What we should have done is ask him where to go on the way because he's on the road an awful yes, lot. He and is. He kind of knows all the, the good stops along the way. But we talked a little college basketball. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there were a lot of other things that happened in sports this weekend. The what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when you really think about it, Saturday college football playoff games, and then week 17 in the right. NFL, and it's a little tight package there, that's a really good weekend of significant, important well, sporting events. Well, and then there was the personnel news out of UCLA with uh, Steve Alford. Uh, reportedly getting axed. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's... and their college football coaches uh, getting fired left and right. And while we're on the trip here, I think the chances that another NFL coach or two is going to lose yeah. their job is very, very strong. Are you surprised that Doug Marone is still in the employed? Well, that's a good question. I think Doug Marone is a little bit of a puppet for Tom Coughlin. So, in that regard, I don't know that Tom wants to do it day in and day out the way he did with the Giants all those years. And I think he gets to make all the calls. So from that respect, no. But from the standpoint of the Jags had high expectations and they came nowhere close to fulfilling them. Yeah. I mean, Nicole, my wife, is a Vikings fan. And we watched yesterday's game like we've watched most of the games this year. I don't know what Mike Zimmer is bringing to the table. Last year, they went to the NFC Championship game, and they brought back basically the same team, and they brought in a new, pretty good, if not very good, quarterback in the prime of his career, and they got a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the expectation game tells you that Mike Zimmer, you know, last night I went to the Avett Brothers concert, and it is... You know, a very Caucasian, middle-aged <laughs> yeah. white man demographic, and there was a seat open next to us. And I was thinking that you know, Mike Zimmer might have a lot of time on his hands, <laughs> yeah. and and he could have joined us. Yeah. It, it's just, I. And the funny thing is, I don't think Adam Gaze should get fired in Miami, and yeah. they had a worse season record-wise yeah. than Minnesota did, but. Ryan Tannehill's never healthy, and the yeah. Dolphins have, you know, kind of middling talent. I, I think from an expectation standpoint, Mike McCarthy didn't get fired because the Packers were awful. He got fired because when you have Aaron Rodgers, the expectation is that you're going to go to the playoffs and win a game or two. And I think there's almost a correlation between quarterback health and job security. Because when your quarterback's unhealthy and you're not winning, your job's tends to be on the line a little bit. Like, look at Ron Rivera. I mean, a lot of people are talking about uh, him getting the ax. Uh, I mean, that was really more fan-driven. I think... And when you lose six or seven in a row, the conversation's going to happen. No, it's going to happen. But, uh, you know, with Cam Newton being hurt, I mean, it it really changed the complexion of the offense. I think what's going to save Ron Rivera's job is what could also save Mike Zimmer's job and Adam Gaze's job. Who are you going to hire? 
I mean, if you're the owner of one of these teams, and I know Stephen Ross is a Michigan guy, if he can get Jim Harbaugh, Adam Gaze is going to be gone. Yeah. But if he can't get Jim Harbaugh, maybe he can trade for John Harbaugh. But if he can't get the best Harbaugh available, right. I'm not sure Rex Ryan is the answer. No, and I don't think Jack Harbaugh is coming out of retirement. Yeah, that, that would be a really uh, outside-the-box <laughs> sort of move. And the thing is, if you kick the... The, if you punt the ball, if you kick the tires down the track another year, if there's a, another bad season for Adam Gaze, well, you know, yeah. maybe Jim Harbaugh a year after yeah. at, at Michigan has then been there for five years, he's ready to make that move. Or maybe John Harbaugh at that point is actually a free agent and you don't have to give up compensation to get him. Or maybe Ron Rivera's gone and you hire him. Did you hear the, um, I guess at Dirk Cutter's press conference yesterday he told everybody there was an 11 o'clock meeting and he said uh, I hope I'll be there <laughs> and, and we found out the answer to that later he didn't make night. it no he's not going to be at the meeting he didn't make it I remember when Dirk Cutter got fired at Arizona State 15 or 20 yeah. years ago and no one thought he was a mad genius scientist then either but um, you know time to go in a different direction That it, it is it is that Monday that black Monday where where guys fall. The question really is, who do you hire? I mean, last year, Arizona got rid of, or I I, I guess um, I guess their coach retired to the broadcasting booth, and they hire Steve Wilkes, yeah. and a year later, they may be hiring another coach again. You know, that's interesting, because the way they played um, the way they played yesterday against the Seahawks, I mean, they, they were definitely trying to send a message that that, that, you know, the players at least didn't feel like Steve Wilkes was the problem there. Yep. I mean, it's interesting to see not only who gets the axe, but who gets hired. Yep. Because everyone's looking for the Matt Nagy right now. Everybody's looking for the Sean McVay. Yeah. I don't know who the obvious guy is that is, is going to be that person. But forget about the teams that are out of the playoffs. The playoffs are set. And as much as I have said for a lot of the season, and you're a big Patriots fan, and I, I don't like the Patriots, if you watched yesterday's game, I don't think, despite blowing out the Jets in a game they needed to get a bye, I don't think you could objectively watch that game and say Tom Brady was good. He was missing guys left and right in the first half. But if Chalk holds... In the first round, they are sitting in an unbelievable yeah. spot. The two seed looks like it's a better position <laughs> than the one seed. Because if Chalk holds, yeah. Houston beats Indianapolis in yeah. the first round, the three seed Houston goes to the two seed New England, and oh, by the way, Houston's not that good! Right. As opposed to Kansas City's the number one right. seed, they get the winner of the Chargers, who some people think are the best team in the AFC, and Baltimore, who's the hottest team yeah, in I the AFC. Yeah, I wouldn't want any part of the Chargers or the Ravens. Right. So now, if the any, only good thing about the, um, the the only good thing about uh, the Browns losing though was at Pittsburgh for, for, as a New England fan. But New England fans, to me, would be like they would like to find a scenario in which neither Baltimore nor Pittsburgh were. The yeah, players. I just like. I think Houston is clearly the weakest of the five teams that are Although not. They had the that hot streak seed. where they won like nine, ten games in a row. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they've played a really weak schedule. They are playing yeah. at home in the first round. Deshaun Watson has had a really good year. He has one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. I think the jury is very much still out on Bill O'Brien. Um, and, and and maybe the Colts go in there. And win. I mean, it's a two and a half point spread. Meaning, on a neutral site, people would say the Colts would be a mild favorite. They played two games this year. They both were three point down the wire type games. So it's a toss up sort of game. But you know, the home team is more likely yeah. to win. Now, if the Colts win, it changes the bracket entirely. Then the Colts go to Kansas City, and the winner of the Chargers and Ravens plays. The Patriots, at that point, I think you make the Chiefs 
a pretty big favorite because they're going to have one difficult home game in order to make the Super Bowl, as opposed to New England, who would have to beat a good team at home and then travel to yeah. Kansas City. But if chalk holds, you're looking at Kansas City hosting either the Chargers or the Ravens. Really tough game. If they win, then having to host New England, assuming New England beats Houston. But, but you could see a scenario where the Chiefs oh, lose. Absolutely. Yeah. Chiefs lose. New England takes care of business. Now New England is hosting the yeah. AFC Championship game against Baltimore or the Chargers, who have now had to play three times in three weeks. Well, New England's only played one game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, But that's why getting the first or second spot is so critical. Uh, no question. I mean, it really sets up for New England, who I don't think is good. I mean, I just, I just flat out don't believe in them. But, but everybody's flawed. Everybody's flawed. Everybody's it's exactly flawed. right. So when everybody's flawed, do you then default to coaching? I mean, I, I default to coaching the and... You still have the quarterback. Yeah, and the best quarterback in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes, and the second or third or fourth best coach in the NFL is Andy Reid, and their path is home, home, Super Bowl. So they're the favorite, and they should be the favorite. But their path, if they have to face Baltimore, or if they have to face the Chargers, is significantly, in my opinion, more difficult. I mean, I think Kansas City will win the AFC. I think they are the favorite, but I, I don't like their path. And we know Andy Reid's track record in the postseason, yeah, yeah. so it, it it's no stone cold luck. I mean, if you picked one team or the field, I would absolutely take the field over Kansas City yeah. or the field over New England. Yeah. Or what over about anybody. what about I mean, the NFC? You know, the Saints. Um, I'd have to wait a few days to see what their injury situation is like but I think generally they'll they should be the they should be the, the team in the in the NFC yeah I mean I, think, I mean it's them and the Rams I think I think one to six it's more balanced than the AFC I think the Eagles as the sixth seed in the yeah. NFC are better than the Colts as the sixth seed yeah. I think the three seed in the NFC Chicago is better than the three seed in the AFC Houston but I think the top two teams, New Orleans and the Rams, are better than the yeah. top two teams in the AFC, New England and Kansas City. So I don't think the matchups in the NFC matter quite as much because if Philly were to pull the upset and then Philly is the sixth seed went to New Orleans, now you're talking about a hot team that won the Super Bowl last year as opposed to if... The Rams have to play Chicago. Again, Chicago, unproven quarterback, haven't been to the postseason, but they're playing really, really good ball. Yeah. I, I don't know that the matchups matter as much. I think the teams one through six are good and one through two are really good. I think it's a very, very strong conference, and I think the playoffs will be competitive, enticing, and I think the NFC winner, whoever comes out, will win the Super Bowl. Well, and I do want to see a rematch of the Rams and the Saints. I mean, I think that'd be a really fun championship game. I completely Especially agree. when you look at the, I mean, the, the Saints won the regular season meeting by 10, I think, right? It was like 45-35. Yeah. And the Saints are the deserving favorite because, again, just like Kansas yeah. City, their path is at home and they have a very large home field advantage. But I don't think they're so much better than the Bears or the Rams or the Eagles or whoever they happen to play that that it's it's a it's a mortal lock. Yeah, I mean and they have such balance on offense. I mean they can beat you in the air, you know, Mike Thomas is a great wide receiver and then obviously they have Ingram and Kamara that can that kind of dual threat on the ground. And over the last month, six weeks, their defense has been amongst the best in the NFL. Amongst, yeah. Well and, really good against the run. They're right. like the top defense against the run. Right, and you got to throw out what happened in Week 17. No, 17. Week 17 doesn't. You can't. You can't evaluate that. Yeah. So I mean, th that's the thing. When you look at the Rams and when you look at Kansas City, you're talking about teams that essentially more or less, more often than not, have to outscore you. Yeah. Whereas, at the end of the year, the Saints won a couple of games by getting stops. Yeah. And that's what it is in playoffs. You got to get stops. Yep. Yep. I mean, everyone's going to take chalk. Everyone's going to pick the Saints to win the Super Bowl. And the AFC is open, and the path to for the Chiefs potentially is a difficult one. I think I'd probably go Rams. Uh, 
I don't love picking a team not playing their best ball. I know the last yeah. two weeks they blew out bad teams, but uh, I mean, they were awfully good the first eight weeks of the year. I do really like their coach. They gotta get the running game back going. I know with a backup running back last couple of weeks they did, but it, CJ Anderson, baby. Unbelievable. I mean, how much money did he earn himself going forward? And and that's like his third team this year. Yeah, but like those two yeah. games will earn him. Oh, yeah. I don't know about a multi-year contract, but he will put Somebody will, money in the yeah. bank for next yeah. year based on yeah. essentially the games not mattering to the Rams and them deciding to rest Todd Gurley. Yeah. Are you going to make a pick? You want me to make a pick? A Super Bowl pick. A Super Bowl pick. Um, geez, this is going to be a tough one for me because I don't know if I need to go analytically or go with uh, now that the Panthers are out. Right. You know. Uh, I mean, I still think don't think you can count out the Patriots. As crazy as that yeah, sounds. Yeah, of course you can't count them out. I'm just going the other way on that. I, I'm going to go Patriots. No, I'm going to go Patriots. I mean, I love their path. If they play Houston... They are going to beat Houston. Better players, better coach, yeah. home field advantage. That puts them in the AFC Championship game, and, and then it's the whole Belichick-Brady thing potentially at, e- either yeah. either against Andy Reid, who doesn't win big games, or at yeah. home. I mean, it, the, the, the probabilities and, and the way we've seen football, the eye test tells you over the years that that's not a bad side to be on. I just don't no, think and this I'm is going, a good Patriots team. And, I, well, and that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm basing this on... I'm putting more stock in history and in Bill Belichick and Tom Brady arising to the moment. Um, and that's probably more of a heart thing than a, than a mind thing because Tom Brady concerns me this year. And when you look at his overall... Now, he still had a good year, but he's looked human. Yep. When In years past, he hasn't looked human. Now, the, the, the Patriots, if they can keep their running backs healthy and they can keep a running game going, I think that's good. You know, We'll see what, what's going to happen with Gronk. The defense kind of terrifies me. They either look really good or they look terrible. They're slow. Yeah, older and slow. I mean, that's the weird thing about a Houston match. Houston isn't slow. Yeah. But I, I, I just I don't buy Bill O'Brien on the road in the playoffs. Wild card week in the playoffs, starting the NFC, Seattle and Dallas. It's about a three point spread home yeah. team favorite. Who do you like? I think this is another one where you gotta go with the the quarterback coach combination. I mean, I think Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, um, you know, Dallas to me has been a little bit up and down. Now they're a good team, they they obviously have some good pieces. Uh, Seattle just seems to be that team that they keep the game close and then they beat you at the end. Yeah, it, it's interesting with the spread because it should be a three-point spread. Yeah. It's a little less than that. It's it's two and a half, three. And, like, I generally would say, wow, you're getting a discount with the home team. But yeah. it does seem like a toss-up game that will be close. But Jason late. Garrett hasn't really proven that he can win the big game. I don't think he's won a playoff game, right? right? Yeah, that, and certainly Carolyn and Wilson have. What about the Bears? They're about five and a half over Philadelphia. I mean, I think that's a game where the the Bears should win the game. Philadelphia is interesting because they kind of clawed and scratched their way back in the last couple weeks. And sometimes that hot team at the end of the year kind of does make some noise in the playoffs. I just haven't seen a lot of the – I mean, I just haven't seen a lot of the Bears. I know they keep winning, and I know, obviously, Mitchell Trubisky's had a good year. Uh, they're an interesting team. You know, Nagy, first-year coach. I've been against the Bears – all year, and that's probably why my picks against the spread were atrocious. I I would take the Eagles again. They, I like their coach. Yeah. We know what they're capable of when yeah. healthy, right. and they certainly played well down the stretch. But yeah, I mean, but how lucky? Not lucky, because I mean, but how fortunate were they that Nick Foles decided to to stay? Well, he didn't have a choice. They decided to pay him. Yeah, I mean. They didn't trade him, and that seems no, like No, but, but he could have probably caused enough stink that they would have. Yeah, I guess so. But you knew that Wentz was hurt going into yeah. the season. He was probably going to have to start yeah. a game or two early, and he's just been a, a an unbelievable backup. You want to talk about earning money? I mean, Ryan Tannehill's gone. The Jaguars need a yeah. new quarterback. There are probably a half dozen teams looking for somebody 
how much money is Nick Foles going to get this offseason? Yeah, King's Ransom. I mean, you would he, think. He, you think he's going to get overpaid? Yeah, someone's going to go, guy won a Super Bowl, jumped in at the last minute, right. took the Eagles took to the to playoffs the again. Yeah. I, his numbers were good. Didn't he complete 20-some consecutive passes yesterday? I mean, it, yeah, it's a little bit of a small sample size, but he, he's going to get a bunch of dough. And, well, and, and I know for he's, him, he's, I he's obviously, deserved. I mean, he's obviously the older guy in the equation. Is there any thought if you're Philadelphia to be like, well, wait a minute, maybe we can get something for Carson Wentz? I mean, I guess it depends what the offer is. That would run. Uh, I mean, it's counter to what because you want to be the younger and, and more affordable guy, right? But. but nobody should know those two guys better than yeah. the Eagles. I mean, if they were to win two or three playoff games with Foles, there'd certainly be that argument and, and, and the value in Wentz. I mean, you would think you could trade him for a huge yeah. haul. I mean, could you... And don't forget, I mean, there's the Redskins out there, there's the Raiders. I mean, there's suckers out there that you could you could no, get a, a lot of stuff for. No question. And, and could you trade Carson Wentz for the first-round pick that you turn into the quarterback that you kind of yeah. redshirt next year, play him behind Nick Foles for a year or two, and then have your guy going forward? It would be risky, yeah. but it, it certainly... It's certainly a thought. It's, I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world. Not the craziest thing. Okay, in the AFC, yeah. you've got Indianapolis-Houston in what we'll call the JV game, the early game <laughs> Saturday, the game that is being played around the same time that Winthrop plays Asheville, yeah. and the one game that I'm not all that offended to be missing. <laughs> again, they played two close games during the regular yep. season. It's, again, it's about a three-point spread, two-and-a-half three Houston's the home team who do you like I'm gonna go home team on this one I think Houston at home even though Andrew Luck you know seemingly is now healthy and he's been playing well uh Colts have been kind of an up and down team I, I think I think it's gonna be Houston at home yeah I mean as a Patriot fan you better hope yeah, well, maybe it's hopeful, hopeful better hope it's yeah. Houston at home I I have mixed feelings kind of like Dallas two and a half points I think it's a discount I think Houston's the discount at home slightly under a three-point spread but I prefer the coach and the quarterback on Indianapolis yeah. and it, it, again it feels like a game that ought to be decided late yeah and it, you know and look at just you know that defense does it with Houston I think that's that's kind of an interesting factor what about the other game yeah last game of the weekend probably the best game of the weekend and, and this is the game that you and I watched in St. Louis last Sunday yeah. that game was played in Baltimore Baltimore and the Chargers or no that game was played in uh was in Diego. LA now they're in LA, Baltimore LA. but Chargers Ravens they played a, a very tightly yeah. fought game out there now they're going to play in Baltimore and again the spread right around that field goal for the home team. I think that's going to be Ravens. Ravens at home. They're playing unbelievable right now. I mean, just the intensity that they had in that. And of course, they needed that game for the playoffs. But uh, the way that, yeah, I just think the Ravens are, are playing well now. And, and it's interesting to see, you know, Lamar Jackson kind of growing into his own a little bit. It, it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take Ravens at home. I would take whatever way the spread goes. If it goes three and a half, I'll take the points. If it were to go two and a half, I'd lay the points. I think it's that close. I think it's a really, really, really tight matchup. The Chargers were the sexy team there for a month, six weeks, and, and now people are really excited about the Ravens, and, and the Ravens have played great. Harbaugh's a really good coach. Lamar Jackson has energized it, but they're still mainly a one-dimensional yeah. offense. And the Chargers are going to give them a game. I think it'll be a very, very good game. I think I think it's a really good opening weekend of the playoffs. Should be fun. I think they're going to be some good, some good entertaining games. I agree with that. It's our bearded car cast on the way to Tallahassee. Do you think we'll see the sun on the way? I don't know. I have my sunglasses just in case. I've got my sunglasses too, but at this point, it doesn't look like they're going to be necessary. You know who's probably wearing some shades right now is Mike Mayock. <laughs> yeah. Mike Mayock hasn't worked as an NFL executive ever or in like 15, know. 20 years. I think he was a scout, right? Yeah. So John Gruden is considering, they, did they hire him or John Gruden is talking about bringing him in as the kind of 
I, I, or are they going to give him a general manager title? Uh, well, the report is is that they've hired him as the general manager. And it's just a report I saw it on Pro Football Talk. I mean, it's one of those things that you go, it's outside the box. It seems very weird. You're going to take John Gruden out of the TV booth. Now Mike yeah. Mayock out of the yeah. TV booth. But... I think we criticized the GM hiring in San Francisco as being outside the box. And John Lynch has done a really, really good yeah. job. When you watch Mike Mayock on TV, he comes across as thorough, prepared, uh, very knowledgeable, very in tune with what's going on. But it, it's not normal. I mean, it reminds me of when Larry Durker went from the broadcast yeah. booth to manage yeah. the... The Astros. Astros. I mean, yeah. it can go either way. Well, what's interesting to me about this is, you, you know, he's going to be called upon to handle contracts and negotiate. Is that something that he has expertise in? I don't. And that's the. I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously he's done a nice job with himself. So you, you'd have to say that uh, he's negotiated some good contracts for himself. So yes, but he is. He's certainly all those things. Certainly prepared and and well known and, and well connected. Do you like him on TV? Because there's a varying opinion on his work. I think he's very good on TV. When he used to do games, I think he used to do. Oh yeah, was it the Thursday night package? I think so. It was the Thursday night package on the well, NFL. I remember him Network. doing like, I don't know if it was college football. Or, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's done college yeah, football too, yeah. Notre Dame stuff. Yeah. Um, he's very excess nosy. He's very high football IQ. A lot of people thought he was kind of talking over his audience, but if you're a junkie, I thought you learned stuff. I no, thought he absolutely. taught football. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I, I mean, I have no idea whether he'll do well in that role or not. And, and that Raider franchise, I mean, they might play in London this year. They might play in San Francisco. They could go back to Oakland. They could play a couple of games yeah. in Reno. Fresno is making a it's bid nuts. to play their games. I, I think there's a very good chance they'll play a game in Mexico City. Yeah. I mean, and then going to Vegas. Like, John Gruden is clearly looking at this as a long-term deal. I mean, he trades Khalil Mack. Yep. He won't admit to it, but he more or less fired Reggie McKenzie in yep. the middle of the year. And they're not playing for now. And they're not playing for next year either. They're, they're playing for Vegas. Yeah, and and probably they should be. No offense to Oakland. I agree. I, I completely mean, Sorry, agree. Oakland, but I mean, it's... They want to, you know, they want to time it so they're hitting their stride as soon as they get into that new stadium. That Khalil Mack trade, it seems like the public has just decided that that the fate of that trade has been decided, and the Bears made a good trade and the Raiders didn't. But I still think what Gruden's philosophy was, the thought was. I'm not going to use that percentage of my salary cap yeah. on that position. Defensive end can work. Mac is a terrific player. He's been a big piece to the Bears' success this year. But I don't think it's unreasonable to say, I'm going to pour my resources into offense, and that's the way I'm going to choose to go about it. I also don't that's think... That's also his playing into his strength. I mean, of he's course. an offensive guy. It's also not ridiculous to say... You know, if we pay Khalil Mack right now, we're going to have to lock him up for five or six years. And I don't know how good he's going to be in three years. And I'm not really interested in winning <laughs> right now. I'm interested in winning in three, four, five, six years down the road. I'm better off with that draft pick, that cheaper guy, the guy that I can pick for my team. And then I'll have that money to utilize elsewhere. The Raiders were awful this year. Yeah. But that was the point. Right. They were trying to be awful right. this year. Right. No, they 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 they'll probably they'll end up being with the first pick, right? Or no, Arizona, Arizona has the first, right. Arizona pick. Has the first Arizona pick. Arizona doesn't need a quarterback, no. so you wonder if, if they can trade that yeah. exactly. And, and I don't know if the quarterbacks available in this year's draft are as highly touted as they've been in the very recent past. I think that the next few drafts, Tua will be available not mm -hmm. this year, but next, next year. year uh, Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon, decided to go back to college. He's going to be a huge prospect. Trevor Lawrence from Clemson is still a couple years away from being available. This year's class, the guy at Duke I know people like quite a bit. Um, I, I don't know that it has the stone-cold trade the entire franchise to move up. That being said, when you need a quarterback... You fall in love 
with a quarterback. And Absolutely. the Jags and the Dolphins and Washington and several other teams, well, the Giants, they will find someone that they want. The question is how many people are willing to trade a huge amount to, to make that pick that valuable. Right. It looks like Arizona first and San Francisco second, the Jets third, Oakland fourth, Tampa Bay fifth. The Panthers cost themselves uh, yep. what, almost seven spots. I mean, they tried to tank. They didn't play any <laughs> of their good players, and they played a quarterback off the street, but they still didn't do enough to Yeah, Christian to McCaffrey played just one series. Luke Kuechly, I think, only played one series. Although, I tell you what, a lot of people were impressed with how Kyle Allen it, it, you know, kind of projected himself. What was interesting, Dave, is that that game was – a hybrid. I mean, it wasn't quite an exhibition game, but it wasn't quite a true test of an NFL game. Although it was the third exhibition game. No, it, it was more than that uh, because there were more starters on the field on both sides of the ball than than you would see in a third exhibition game. But it, but it's still not a game that you can take any measure of from a team perspective. I mean, you can look at individual performances. Tell you what, it's good news for Kyle Allen. It is good news for Kyle. I mean, somebody might be willing to, you know, he's a backup quarterback. Yeah. Someone's going to look at that tape and say, this guy can be my backup quarterback and he can go hold a clipboard. Yeah. I mean, without that, he's practice squad or unemployed. Well, this is a guy who was uh, undrafted, right. undrafted free agent. He was at Texas A&M with, with Mahomes. Uh, and then he went to Houston and he only played what, four, you know, he didn't play much there either. Uh, and, you know, got, a, got a, he tried out with a bunch of teams it was Sometimes the- you only get one opportunity. Yeah. And you better make the most of that opportunity. And I have no doubt that he is on a roster at the beginning of next yeah. year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we watched Blaine Gabbard try to make the playoffs yeah. last night. Yeah. And you, you see Josh Johnson started a bunch yeah. of games at the end of the season. It's not like Kyle Allen's expensive. Right. Someone's happy to bring in a young guy For the minimum, who's really. inexpensive yeah. who showed enough to say that, you know, he's not going to be embarrassed. I mean, right. I don't think anyone's going to sign him as a franchise quarterback, right. but right. depth, sure. Yeah, he's a depth guy. Panthers, the, here's the interesting question. If you're looking at the Carolina Panthers, is your is your pick at number 16 going to be a, a center or guard or a tackle, or is it going to be a, a, an elite pass rusher? I mean, it's best available. It's always best available. I, I don't know how it can be anything other than that. You you don't want to draft a guy where he doesn't fit. I mean, if the best player available is a wide receiver, you should trade back or draft the wide receiver. I mean, to 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 draft for need is a fool's error. You you got to take the best guys and then figure out how to win with the best guys. You win with players. So if you draft a wide receiver... Well, and you can address some of those issues in free agency. Exactly. And, yeah. and you can trade. There, there, There's plenty of opportunity. you, you got to take the best player available. But do they have issues on the offensive line? Yeah, hell yeah, they yeah. do. you got you got to do something about that. I mean, it, it's always interesting to see what teams do in free agency because it seems to me that teams that win free agency are never good yeah. during the season. Sometimes it's those under the radar moves. Well, that's Those the thing. It's, it's, it's getting right. It's getting the value and getting the talent, and not necessarily the splash. Right. Yeah. Right. I but 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 finding those one or two key guys, um, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, look at Aaron Donald, and he he was a splashy move, but he's been an enormous difference maker. Well, there's still. I mean, I don't know what the percentage. I you know we could argue that, but there's also a percentage of. Even sometimes you think you make the right move and it's not going to work out. Yeah. For multitudes of reasons. Injury, personality. That's why Jimmy I mean, Johnson liked to get three of everything. He had a problem in yeah. the secondary. He'll get three guys. He'll draft two corners. He'll sign a corner. One of them yeah. will work out. I mean, you're not going to bat a thousand. It doesn't work yeah. that way. And speaking of the NFL draft, yeah. when Clemson and Alabama play wow. for the national championship a week from today, you will be watching teams that have a whole lot of guys that will be on NFL rosters. Yeah. Did you watch the playoff games on Saturday? I did. And? I did. Um, you know, it's interesting because I don't believe in the four-team model. Uh, I think it should expand to eight. Um, however, uh, 
Clemson and Alabama made a tough, or I should say, Oklahoma and Notre Dame made a tough case for expanding the playoffs. Couldn't disagree more. I have read that through tweets and message boards and articles. I I, I just simply disagree. If we had an 18 playoff, Georgia, the only team that has proven that they can play with Alabama and Clemson would be in the playoff. Would we be better off having another team that can legitimately win the national championship in the bracket or not? That's not the argument I'm making because I agree with everything you've just said. I'm just saying the way they played. Yeah. It was. It was. But it, if you go eight teams. No, absolutely. Ohio State is in. Maybe they're good enough. Maybe they're not. The analytics community likes them. Georgia, who we watch play toe to toe with Alabama, right. they're in it. And you get what I still think you need to have. You get the Cinderella in it. And I'm not talking about from a fan perspective, even though I'd love to have that Cinderella in there to cheer for. And yeah, they're going to get their head bashed in 9 out of 10 years. But 1 out of 10 years, they're going to give someone a real run for their money. And we're going to have something to cheer for like the NCAA tournament. But... But I'm just saying that it would have been nice if Clemson. I mean, it would have been nice if Notre Dame or Oklahoma could have had a little bit better. Now Oklahoma did make that run sure. in the second half. I mean, there are going to be years where there's one great team. So should we not have a playoff at all and crown them the national championship? Yeah, well, I'm not arguing with you. There are years that there are <laughs> going to be two great teams. But in order to let Coastal Carolina and Georgia Southern and App State. And all of those teams that at the beginning of the year can dream of the Camellia Bowl, Boise State. I mean, Boise State or Fresno State had unbelievable years. And who did they play in a bowl game? The game already happened. Did they win or did they lose? Well, the the other reason I think that for me would cry for the expansion of the playoffs is the fact that the playoffs are kind of making these bowls. We have too many bowls anyway. But making some of these bowls that made in the past would have been somewhat interesting, just irrelevant. The argument against the playoff that works, I think, is, well, the regular season doesn't matter anymore. I, th- I think that is a, a reasonable... Not really, because you still have to... I mean, it, it for the six the six or eight teams that maybe are in contention for the four spots, it does. Yeah. Maybe, maybe for everybody else, it's irrelevant. But I, I think you make conference championships important because... Each conference champion gets in, and then you give your one wild card to to the best non-Power 5 team. And then, yeah, two other teams are going to get in. But that means Georgia needs to be better than everyone else other than the conference champion in the Big 12, the Pac-12, the but, Big 10. But here's another thing, too. Timing is different. I, I think the fact that Clemson and Alabama had three or four weeks to prepare was a big factor in, in these games, too. Maybe yes, maybe no. I mean, those are the two best teams. And that's why I think the championship game is going to be give, tremendous. But if you give Bill Belichick three weeks to prepare for somebody... Yeah. You know, I mean... I mean, it's interesting you say that because I've heard the exact opposite argument that the more time you give a coach, you make an inferior coach better because he has more time then to catch up. Whereas mm. if it's a very short turnaround, you play the Sunday game, then you play the Thursday game, the better a coach is better at using his time efficiently right. and finding the holes in the other team. You can play that either way. Yeah, yeah I suppose. But I, I, I mean, I better still... coaching is good to have. Yeah, absolutely. How, however you do it. And both Clemson and Alabama yeah. have outstanding coaches. The spread on the game is just under a touchdown. Yeah. The analytics, the numbers people say it's about a two, two and a half point game. So there's a really big difference in the the data and the spread. I think that's based on all year long Alabama was anointed. Yeah. They were the best team. They were on national TV every week. Tua was Should we ask that state trooper if he wants to be on the bearded car cast? Hello, hello, officer. What do you <laughs> hey, think about Alabama? And- <laughs> we're just taping a podcast. Nothing to see here. Yeah. We're, we're actually in stop-and-go traffic right now. There's, it looks like there's an accident up ahead. It's a good thing we don't have a long trip ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good thing we didn't waste half an hour sitting in the parking lot. Was it a waste, though? We enjoyed talking Not a waste of time. We do enjoy talking. Well, it was, I had to wait for your eye, eyeglass adjustment. Yes. And then our good friend Matt Martin... Uh, hung out with us for 15 minutes, but we had to kind of rudely tell him we had to go. Yeah, it happens. Uh, how about Matt Martin working today? Yeah, that's at, right. at the office at 8.30 right. on uh, We're taping this on December uh, 31st. New Year's Eve, yeah. 
Pretty good. Pretty good. So, so Clemson or Alabama? I. That's a tough one, but I still think Alabama. You know. Alabama to cover or Alabama? Alabama to oh win? yeah, yeah, right. But the spread again is what two and a half? Six and a half. Six and a half. Alabama by six and a half. Uh, I take Clemson. Yeah, I like Clemson too. Yeah. I mean, the two times they've played in the national title game, they've been really yeah, close, really tight exciting games. games yeah. And uh, I think Clemson's pretty good. And the two quarterbacks are a pleasure to watch. I mean, both of those guys are going to be NFL starters, if not from day one, very close to it. And Tua, did you know there is not a single left-handed quarterback in the NFL? Oh, I did not realize that, no. Tua's going to be the first left-handed quarterback in several years and the first prominent starter in, in, in quite a while. I mean, who's the... Michael Vick? Yeah, I think Michael Vick was probably the last really good one. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that. Oh, wow, we have a truck on fire. Yeah, here. we well, have I mean, a problem we, is what we got. I mean, it's not on fire anymore, but it was burnt out. Yeah, Jeez. you wonder why they were slow going. There's okay. a lane closed and yeah. cops and firefighters and police. Holy moly. That's not the way you want to end the year. No. Well, not the way you want to start a trip either. No. Uh, <laughs> a, a, absolutely not. So that's going to wrap up the 2018 version. Yeah. Is of this the episode five of season two? I think that's right. Um, Winthrop is on the road Saturday to play at Asheville, but we want to do a podcast on the way to Asheville. But we will get some apples. We will get some I'm, 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 I'm running low on my pink lady supply. I want you to know I am efforting something special. Oh, efforting, okay. Efforting right. something special. All right, on the we're way, efforting. On the way to Hendersonville. Yeah. Did, 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 you, did you get anything particularly noteworthy for Christmas? Um, I got a lot of good things, but nothing like... Uh, this is sad, and I'm, you can tell I'm getting old. Um, and I bought them myself, but it was I considered it a Christmas present. Uh, I bought a, a nice pair of uh, Cole Haan shoes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're, the, they're kind of like the, the, the wing tip, but they have like the sneaker bottom. Very yeah. comfortable. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, how about you? Well, it's, it's, it's not a pair of shoes. Yeah. But uh, Nicole got me, for the holidays, a bushel of apples oh. in January, February, March, oh. and April. So they're going to be airdropped to your house? Like from Creaseman Farms in oh, Hendersonville. Oh, very and, nice. And, and it, the details yeah. are unclear yeah. on how we're going to get them. Yeah. But I said to her last night, you know, by the time Winthrop plays UNC yeah. Asheville on, on Saturday, it's going to be January. Can we stop at Creaseman <laughs> on the way? And she said, we'll, we'll give him a call yeah. and see. So I'm thinking, like, we're going to have to be out early, early yeah. on, uh, on, on Saturday. Saturday. It's a 2 o'clock game. Yeah. I want to be at the gym at, you know. Yeah, like 11. 11, yeah. 11.30. We want to have yeah. a good breakfast brunch right. in Asheville. I'm like, let's see if we can't get into Creaseman around 9 a.m. on uh, on on. Saturday That's and hilarious. and we can enjoy ourselves and get some apples and uh, we can talk about it when we head yeah. to uh, Bowie's Creek right. next That's week. Right. Winthrop starts the conference season with back-to-back -back road games, so we'll be on our way to Campbell a week from Thursday, and that will be uh, our next podcast. Well, the good news is you can follow us on our social media channels at Friedman underscore Dave for on Twitter is Dave. I am at Mike Pacheco eighty one. Now, you won't get the full story, which we will give on the podcast, but if you, if you check out Twitter, uh, you might be able to figure out uh, how the Apple drop went. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody.